0: Regulators, you regulate any stealing of his property, we're damn good too But you can't be any geek off the street you Gotta be handy with the steal if you know what I mean, earn your keep Regulators, mount up.
1: It was a clear black night, a clear white moon Warmer G was on the streets, trying to consume some search for the E so I can get some phones rolling in my ride, Chilling all alone. This is British Wrestling Spotlight on the Indiecorner.com. I'm Benno. And I'm and no Joe with us again today, but we're uh, here to catch you up on uh, really what we've been watching over the the last couple of weeks since the the last time we recorded. Uh, lots of Brit rares. Might sneak a little bit of uh, Impact wrestling talk in there because uh, it's me and you, JP. Joe's not here to stop us, so you know you know we're gonna. Um, have you have you been over the uh, the, the last few days? Uh, how's things?
0: It's been very, very nice. I've been watching lots of G1, and those of you who've been listening to our G1 coverage as well, uh, I, it's, I have to say, I'm, I'm properly depressed about my Pickhams, but I'll save that talk for next week. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, really depressed about them. Other than that, um, very good. It's, it's a lovely day. I'm in my girlfriend's house at the moment, just recording up in a very sort of plush um Study that she's got set up. So yeah, oh, fair enough. Nice, good, mate. Very professional. I like
1: it. Yeah, good, good. You might be able to hear some kids running past my back window tonight. We've got uh, <laughs> some new noisy neighbours in. They see that their the fun game they play is chasing my cat around the building. She's absolutely terrified. I keep having to go out and save her. Uh, I don't know. What I mean. It's a bit like have you seen Florida Project? It's like the I, I haven't known. Oh, with the kids kind of running wild on the estate. That's what it's like where I live right now to uh to paint a picture. Uh, <laughs> where I live is probably as middle class as you can get in Crosby. Um Yeah, in, it looked nice and
0: residential when I was no, there. No no no, it's awful.
1: <laughs> no, actually it's not that bad. There's definitely worse areas in Liverpool, but yeah, I'm uh, at some point I, I can see myself having a fight with some kids' dad over uh, the treatment of our poor cat. I've got to defend their honour. I've got no kids, so I've got to look after the
0: Well camp. exactly, you've got to do
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> have you, I mean, have you been? Um, we've been talking, haven't we, JP, about uh, mm-hmm. getting uh, tickets sorted or travel sorted for WXW again for Tag League? Have you uh,
0: given yes. that much more thought? I have. I've actually bought my plane tickets today. Oh. Um it works out quite well with my teaching timetable for next year that I can actually I can actually do that. So <laughs> I've got my my plane tickets today, um, and then it's sorting out accommodation and it's whether or not you're going for those hotels, which will mean. A lot of solid drinking late night. Um, I didn't know you booked your flights last night. So you yeah, definitely, okay, I'm going you're live, haven't I? Wow, yeah, I'm definitely going, definitely going to it. Um, I need that W X W fix. I was trying to look at the flights. I mean, it's cheap enough
1: to fly out to uh, to Dusseldorf slash Oberhausen, but I yes. saw you could uh, you can fly to Amsterdam and then it's about a two and a half hour uh, public transport or a two hour drive uh, into Oberhausen. I thought that might tempt you, JP. Did you not, uh, Did you not fancy that route? I didn't fancy
0: that room really <laughs> at all. That was a bit too, too much, much trouble. Too much trouble, <laughs> mate. I wouldn't, get, I wouldn't get to Oberhausen. Bit like that. Just, I wouldn't be able to. Now, flying in Birmingham to Dusseldorf this time. So. Oh, good stuff. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to it.
1: I'm just scared I'm going to get to the country and they're going to tear me back after uh, that bus fine that I got last yeah, year. Yeah, have you paid it yet? No, I've been getting reminders. I couldn't believe they found me with a half of my address <laughs> and everything spelt wrong. I thought, this 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 fine's never coming through in the post. I've started... Well, I got one letter from a, a German debt collector that uh, a couple of people helped me translate online. <laughs> I feel like the fine's only going to get bigger from this point on. I should probably pay it before we go out.
0: I'd, I'd get it out of the way, mate. Yeah, I For think man, probably, I probably should. I could just good. imagine
1: getting... Stop by loads of barely conductors on one of the buses or the trains, and then working out who I am and <laughs> spending a night in German in jail. It's probably not a not a good idea.
0: Don't. I mean, I've spent a night not in a jail there, but having I to go to where the, you police, it. For the for the police station, and it's <laughs> it, it's not fun there. Really wasn't. Is I was there still... sat there missing inner circle while this was going on. So I've oh, got a very low bar this time round of not to lose all of my possessions. I was honestly That's...
1: wondering where your story was going there. I thought there was something oh, kind of happen no. that happened that wasn't aware of. of no. Course. No. You were the victim, no. not the criminal in that case. When you were, all uh, well, your stuff got stolen.
0: I was very much the victim.
1: <laughs> it will be the same this time, though. Will it, JP, going to Germany and there'll be uh, no Matt Riddle there. The stories of him signing for WWE. Your yeah. best mate.
0: For... I. Are you sad? I can't... I am sad. I'm sad because one of the things that i've seen lots of sort of comments about him is about how good he was interacting with fans mm. of being this absolute high point. And it's why people like me and like you, we end up becoming bigger fans of them because you you speak to them, and there's there was always a, like a real honesty with him. I remember at the press conference and and you'd ask him the question about selling. And up to that point, a lot of the other interviews had um had all been kind of in character. Mm. but he was able to step out of it and having the kind of conversation you very rarely ever hear wrestlers publicly have. Mm. And and I'm kind of reminded by that, along with all of the amazing matches that we saw. I mean, we were there when he made his Progress debut against Will Osprey, and just the impact from that mm. point onwards. I, I would love to think in a perfect world that SummerSlam would have I Roman Reigns probably you know, obviously beating Brock Lesnar and then Matt Riddle coming out and just <laughs> doing doing his, his knees and a couple of suplexes just to sort of, like, wheel him out. That was would be what would happen if if I was booking, certainly. But <laughs> obviously, never will happen.
1: <laughs> I definitely, yeah. Uh, you've got a special relationship with Matt Riddle, JP, so you're a little bit I biased do. there. But
0: <laughs> I'm heavily biased,
1: mate. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd be well up for that. I think the thing with him is he's going to be a huge miss from you know, the international indie scene, but definitely yeah. the British scene. And I just, and I'm never caught, I just, indie guys going to WWE these days, I'm just, uh, I always, you know you're going to get that awesome NXT run, and I think we'll definitely get that out of Matt Riddle yep. if they don't go, I mean I can't see them going straight to main roster route, no. it's just the main roster, but he's got the look, he's got a lot of charisma, he's got that, hopefully the, he'll be like a modern day Rob Van Damme, I think he's got that laid back, a stoner mm. rob van damme uh charisma about him hasn't he i think he'll really i think he could really really get over if he's booked in the right way and that's that's just always the worry with anybody going to
0: wwe i think so i think he's such a natural face mm. he really is um i mean i've never have you ever seen any real heel work out of him i can't think i've seen him get nasty in matches early evolve? Mm. when he yeah. first joined catch point maybe that's possibly the only time but that was a you know, I think the fans were pretty much on to him straight away. Mm. So uh, he would be absolutely tremendous, um, and if pushed right, as we we've, we've always said, it, he can end up being the star that they would really need. I mean, in an again in an ideal world, you'd put Heyman with him. Mm. Like yeah. it would be, it would be fantastic because I think that would be the one area is the kind of promos that they want is he able to deliver them in that way because he can deliver promos yeah but does he is, is he allowed to deliver it in the way that he's been able to well, it, that would be one of one of the question marks
1: it's kind of similar to what i mean the, the other rumor in the in the wrestler observer this week was that pentagon and phoenix are on wwe's radar as well And i had the same thought mm. about them it's like pentagon i mean we We're not an Impact podcast, but we do rave about Impact sometimes with the podcast, and what they do so well with Pentagon, and what you see on the Indies and the British Indies with Pentagon is just, he's got a natural charisma, doesn't matter that he doesn't speak English, I tried to buy a t-shirt off him at DTTI last year, and uh, Phoenix had to be there to do the all the translation, because he had no idea what I was saying, very nice, but he had no clue. And the thing about him is like companies like Impact and like I've been watching a lot of MLW's TV as well mm. um, and Lucha Underground. The way they presented him, it's a lot of video package and a lot of promos in in Spanish, and then you've got the subtitles in English, which is perfect for him. You, Absolutely, you don't lose yeah. a thing either, and I love that. And then I just think him leaving the indies, leaving the shows that we get to see him on and leaving leaving those, you know, the, the Lucha Underground and, and Impact and, and that kind of presentation. You can just tell bill either want to take the mask off him or make him learn English or... Yep. I just... I've got no faith. I, I don't know whether it's the jaded wrestling fan. of I mean, we do... Yeah. But yeah, I just... I worry about people like that. Who've, I mean, WWE are clearly signing up anybody with a bit of buzz. I'm sure uh, David Starr's watching his phone at the moment, and uh, the other. There aren't many uh, American mm. side uh, indie stars left for them to go for at the moment. But I don't know. Just the selfish fan in me just can go to a Fight Club Pro and and see these guys or a progress, and and now they're great for them. But hopefully, if they if they do get signed and these stories do come to come to fruition, they're going to make a lot of money. But I just worry about it.
0: Yeah, I worry about it as well. I mean, the, the idea of stockpiling talent and not actually, I mean, using a lot of amazing stars mm. on in front of 100 people. In Largo, Florida, it isn't <laughs> something that kind of fills me full of joy because you know the kind of matches they'd be capable of. There's only so much room on those cards. Mm. Um, the amount of like, I mean, Donovan Dijak was someone who we who? saw a good view. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, what is it now? Dijakovic, is it something like Dijakovic. that? Dijakovic. Yeah, that's, I mean, someone like him, has he debuted on TV? On that's- NXT TV, might have had one match. And and, that's, and I think that's part of the issue is you talk about the, the takeover shows. They're really only five-match cards. So it feels like you're never going to be given the absolute best of, of people as, as often as you'd want. And obviously that time on the independent scene is the thing that, that kind of makes them who they are and the kind of matches that they're allowed to have. Mm. So, I mean, and, and that's what I would fear with a Pentagon uh, apart from the fact as well with his look, because I could see them looking at the kind of skull aspect and going, oh no, we don't like this mm. and wanting to change that, which means effectively changing the entire character. And it, it, it's little things like that. I mean, I think Phoenix is, is amazing. And like, I said, the stuff, the way they've been presented in, in impact has been oh absolutely God. great. It's been absolutely tremendous, tremendous, but yeah, the stockpiling of talent, it's, it ain't good. And I think also, as well, Ring of Honor could really do with a few of these kind of American indie stars as well. Mm. I mean, they've just got Jeff Cobbin, which is a good start, but they could do with a few more.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, there's so many of the big names are getting snapped up. All in is coming up, and you've got mm-hmm. to believe that <laughs> you are looking up and down. Pentagon and Phoenix are, are on that card, and thinking, yeah, they're the, mm-hmm. they're the people that we that we want to snap up. Yeah, you mentioned there, you know, the fact that Ring of Honor is very much a closed shop, isn't it? Um, they have their mm-hmm. core roster, which is not the strongest. Then they've got the elite guys, and then there's not much else. Cool that the they're, they're bringing in a Jeff Cobb. Um, he's someone who you know I'm not. I don't see him on that same level um, as a top Mm. guy like a Riddle or or a Pentagon, but he's someone who I enjoy when he comes over to the UK when I get to see him live. Mm. Um, So you kind of look at Ring of Honor and almost see, well, they're they're the good guys signing these guys the contracts. And, you know, the the likes of Impact and the likes of MLW. I think MLW signed uh, Shane Strickland to a contract recently. Yeah, Um, that's that's a good shout, that. Yeah, it's good. It's kind of... For fans like us who are into our indie wrestling, into our British indies and our US indies, and we get to... It means that hopefully we're going to see them over the next couple of years still on the indies. So there's, I think it's one of those things that the, the, the at the top, I think we might it might take a little bit of time to replace those kind of guys, replace a Keith Lee, replace a say a Walter Went, uh, replace somebody like him. Um, but there's always going to be guys coming through. There's always going to be guys that you've never heard of. There's always going to be guys like I mean we just mentioned mm. uh, Impact there, Sammy Callahan. You know he's someone who he's had his NXT run i've never been a fan of him in the past but i mean we mm. I mean, were gonna do a, a quick catch up on uh, of what we've been watching in this episode i mean i'm guessing you've been watching a load of impact he's somebody who has kind of taken an opportunity that's been given to him because one impact haven't got much money and two there's not a huge amount of guys who you can give that role to and absolutely ran with it and kind of turn me into a fan so you know that's something for, for spots
0: being open it really does um I mean, like you, Sammy Callahan wasn't someone who I've ever really been into. There, there have been times when I've enjoyed some of his matches, mm. and I think when he first came back onto the indies after he'd been in developmental, but I'd, he'd always felt like he'd lost so much of his buzz. Mm. And um, I think the last time I saw him was in Lucha Forever, mm. if I remember rightly, against, I'm trying to think, it was it was going to be a particularly good match, and it, it gets Will Ospreay. Hmm. And it was the the sort of nonsense that happened. But here in Impact, he's been given. He seems like he's been given a story to really get his teeth into. Mm. The the tie in with OVE completely works as well as a group and as a faction. And he is he's someone who seems to delight in being a a heel. Mm. Delights in it. And so he's really taking it on board, and that match against Pentagon. I mean, actually, fair play to Moose and in particular Austin Aries for for following that. This is a slam anniversary, isn't it? Slam anniversary. So I'm just going straight in a slam anniversary. <laughs>
1: it is probably the pay per view of the year, isn't it? It's probably the best thing. We're talking about what we've been watching. It's probably the best thing I've watched in the last couple of weeks. Just absolutely yep. incredible. And yet that Pentagon and Sammy Callahan match, just where the just hitting each other with spikes in the head and oh. pentagons, pulling out baseball bats and just the type of match that you would not expect from a company like impact they've kind of given themselves a bit of an identity with that and yeah they've also got the the great work from from austin Aries on top as well it's just uh they're not really an indie impact but they kind of feel like one at the moment
0: well they are i mean are they are they kind of more are they less of an indie than say i mean who is an indie these days I mean, because ring of honor is obviously owned by sinclair mm. new japan are owned by bushi road i mean mm. that's a difficult thing to and they're talking about floating on the stock exchange in 2020 then you've got impact which are owned by t is it tsn isn't it um it, yeah they're, they're owned by the the fight network uh anthem anthem that's it and in a way they're kind of if we ever talk about sort of Ring of Honor and New Japan, to a degree they, they kind of fall in fall into that category. But they what they've got is and what they've what they plan to do mm. is build is build a promotion around kind of five or six talents and really go with them. And Sammy Callahan has worked himself into that place of being in there as as one of the as one of the nasty heels that they need. I mean, I could see lots of good feuds with him with pretty much a lot of the rest of the roster. Mm. Um, and yeah, you mentioned in that, I mean, uh, in that match, I think when they put the spikes and they hit him with the baseball bat and I, I was just like wincing and shaking my head, even though you kind of, Know that it's worked. <laughs> it was absolutely. It was just incredible. It was kind of what pure was.
1: hatred, wasn't it? That you don't,
0: yes, always get
1: in wrestling feuds these days. I think that's why it was so visceral, and why you know, ten days later, we're still talking about it. It was such a, such a, just a. I don't know. I mean, just you felt like they genuinely hated each other. You felt like mm. it was a, it was a mask versus hair match, and everybody knew the Pentagon was was not going to be losing his max in a yeah. match on Impact. But they kind of made you forget that with the with the great work in the match and the and the pure hatred between the two and the and the great work of of Sammy Callahan, just absolutely incredible on a show where they'd already been two hardcore matches like it for for them to be able to shock you. Um, That's genuinely impressive.
0: Absolutely. I also have to say as well, credit to that ref, Hmm. the way that they sold the the arm bar. Oh, getting his arm broken by Pentagon. Getting his arm broken by Pentagon, he absolutely lost it. It was fantastic.
1: (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. I mean, any other notes on on what you've been watching over the last couple of weeks, JP Outside, the Brit Rez? uh, Have you been watching the the Impact TV show uh, since Slammiversary? Have you been watching the follow-up of the the OGs and the LAX stuff and uh, and Aries on top?
0: actually do you know I haven't and I'm saving it for the start of next week mm. I'm, I'm away this weekend I'm actually also at Rev Pro on the Sunday so I'm saving myself for that I'm kind of looking forward to doing like a good what will probably end up being a three hour block of it mm. but and I'm completely sold on the LAX OG's oh. feud it's just again Eddie Kingston yeah we talk about Sammy Callahan, Eddie Kingston is someone it's like it's like what ECW was and it was always described as the land of the misfit toys mm-hmm um, and they've kind of almost got the same kind of attitude here of getting kind of quite disparate talent and making it work. Mm. And I think we're going to be seeing l a x at um they're going to be a tag league mm. this year, which i'm I'm completely sold on that as well because I think I think they're they're fantastic The brilliant.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. Homicide. That's that's exactly what I was about to say. I mean, as much as I love the, the young dudes, Homicide, who's yes. one of my favourite wrestlers from... Fourteen years ago, kind of having like a, a new life about him. He's someone who had kind of. I'd love to see uh, him and Hernandez turn up at uh, a tag league. That'd be a uh, that'd be something interesting. He could have like a. I saw B Boy was on the on Twitter trying to get make his get himself some bookings over in the UK before he retires. Uh, I mean, Horsaide and Kingston have been over for for Fight Club Pro. Uh, it wasn't mm. the best uh, when they came over, but I, I would like we kind of with this rejuvenated uh, version of them. With like I say. Yeah, eddie kingston just doing incredible might work and having this this what feels like very real feud with the uh with the new lax is just yeah i'd love to see them uh get a few bookings over here
0: oh absolutely imagine them in fight club pro against like mustache mountain mm. or something like that that would be that for me would be absolutely fantastic yeah bring bring them over and anytime you see homicides tends to be really good value <laughs> um
1: especially when he's like like he, like in that tag especially where he's running around doing to pick on helos like it is 13 years ago that's oh, the homicide oh. one it's not really the homicide we got in fight club pro but that's not the, the homicide that i want to see
0: yeah yeah absolutely um anything else on the show that you that you really enjoyed i mean obviously there's Lots to enjoy on it. Yeah, like I say, I'm the same as you. It's the main thing I've been watching over the last few weeks.
1: It's kind of kind of nuts. I mean, I'm a b- little bit more up to date on the TV than you are. I mean, I, I mm. echo your your praise of uh, of Austin Aries and, and Moose. Uh, that was a great match. And Austin Aries, in general, as a world champion, he's someone who I'd like to to see over here a little bit more. He's kind of, I think it says everything that I mean. Not to give too much away, it, because you're about to watch it, the last few few couple of weeks of TV, but Ares is just, he's one of those territory champions where he's doing matches against he's got like several feuds going on at once like he, he's got Eddie Edwards as set up as his challenger, which impacted great work with him, he's kind of we've been past the the hardcore baton by tommy dreamer mm. um i mean it's the most interested i've ever been in eddie edwards i don't see it as a a long-term thing as him being this this hardcore kind of guy but i've I've kind of enjoyed him in the role uh but yeah aries has got a few going with him he's got a, a speaking of, i mean using misfit toys they've got aries in a few with santino morella of all people from wwe and he's kind of they're, they're doing wow. a really, they're doing a really smart thing with him though they're not bringing him in impact say five years ago would bring him in as santino it'd be all over you know we've got ex-wwe star santino we get a push out the gate but instead he's come through under his real name anthony corelli he just happens to be backstage because some of his students are there for a the tryout and aries is kind of goading him um goads him into putting one of his students into a match with him and then kind of leading on from there they've been he's been attacking he attacked his students on this week's impact and it kind of led to corelli slash santino wanting to to get in there and fight with Aries. and it's like that sounds ridiculous just on a base level that i'd be into <laughs> yeah. santino morella uh, but the fact that they can do something with a with a misfit toy like that it just says something to the the incredible work that uh the don callison there and those guys are doing over at impact at the moment
0: yeah they are they've managed to get buzz even managed to get joe in the <laughs> loosest way possible interested in um impact is that's nigh on incredible
1: <laughs> definitely
0: yeah and he loved the show as well that's we'll i think to that quiz him about it next time definitely
1: yeah we'll get on. next time we've got uh, we got joe back on the show we'll have to uh, do a bit of a, a, an update on impact with him i mean have you been watching much uh, outside of impact uh, over the last couple of weeks <laughs>
0: So, I mean, the thing that I've seen some of, I haven't seen all of it yet, and I know you have, was mm-hmm. the MLW Battle Riot. I've seen mm-hmm. everything actually up to the Battle Riot itself, mm-hmm. um, and I really liked the production, mm-hmm. um, and was there was some good stuff on there mm-hmm. in terms of the uh, in terms of the undercard. Um, obviously, it was all building up for the for the Royal Rumble match, so I've, I've got to watch that. Um, I'm trying to think a a lot of G1 G1 has kind of taken over my life mm. for, for a lot for a lot of it from a wrestling perspective how about yourself you watched MLW, didn't you
1: yeah, I mean, I've been watching a, a lot of that. I've been trying to catch up on their their TV uh, over the last couple of weeks because similar to Impact, they they got they, they put the show. the I mean, relevant to the UK, they've just uh, unblocked their TV show on YouTube. You, you, it used to be region blocked, and you can actually uh, you can watch it now. And I would say that MLW again, yeah, they've got great production value. They've kind of they've got Tony Schiavone on commentary. Who, clearly i mean i feel like maybe this is just putting my own analysis to it but he, i feel like he hates everything that's happening in front of him it's all these indie dudes and you know jimmy havoc doing hardcore stuff and shane strickland and loki fa- fighting over the title belt I, I just feel like he must be hating every second of it but he's a pro unlike jim ross who will you know if, if something's happening in front of him and it's not his style of wrestling it's really obvious with shivani at least he's trying to hide it i kind of like that about the mlw presentation but yeah that's I was about to say. I think what I kind of most enjoy about it is I enjoy Loki being on top and Jane Strickland being uh, mm. treated as a serious star there. But the fact that they're doing the best possible presentation of Jimmy Havoc as well—that's another thing that I kind of really enjoy about Absolutely. watching their TV because he's kind of I, I know that. Uh, is it Alex Greenfield who's the XW writer? I know he's involved with MLW, and yes. he's very publicly on Twitter. I think he's—he was a fan of Jimmy Havoc. I think the mates uh, not really, don't really care about that side of things, but he, you can tell the way the shows are being put together. The character is completely understood. The videos they do with Havoc are very early progress. You know, that Dexter-style backstage stuff. He he has a pretty crap entrance theme, but they use the AFI intro. Uh, And he also, I think the most important thing, is that he stays permanently in character in MLW, which you don't see about him anywhere else. He's playing... You know, the Jimmy Havoc that you see in the promo photos, not the Jimmy Havoc that, you know, Joe will say you see at the bar. They kind of present him as yeah. England's most dangerous man, which is kind of, it's a, it's a good role for him over there. I'm kind of glad that he's someone who, you know, do the UK. we're never going to sign, and ITV World of Sport was certainly not going to use. So it's kind of cool to, uh, to see a promotion like that, uh, giving him work and him, him actually delivering. Um, yeah, the, the last TV I watched, he can't, kind of, he got a, it was the show where he got the, Huge cut on his arm from Shane Strickland um, and... That, that was the, you know, we had the, the back and forth with Alan Florell on Twitter about the fact that he was in a hospital waiting room and there was all that big kickoff about whether deathmatch wrestlers oh, should, yes. be, should be in front of other people in the queue in hospitals. Probably not worth getting into here. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, but yeah, no. that, <laughs> but the presentation of him, yeah, again, another great example, another thing that's been keeping me busy over, as like you say, as much as G1 keeps me busy, uh, I've been watching a lot of that as well. And uh, again, they, they really, Presenting a lot of the same guys that we see in every other promotion and see lots in in Britain as well, but mm. presenting them in a different way, which I think is, uh, is definitely really important.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've got... I've seen... A lot of it is... I like Tom Lawler. Mm. I enjoy listening to... Uh, the Filthy Four Baby Show he does with Brian Alvarez, mm. and one of the things I've liked about about Tom Lawlor is the kind of stable he's got set up there as well, mm. where they kind of come out in a in a mock sort of MMA team along with Simon Gotch. Oh, that's great stuff! And it's it is it's it's, it's very well presented. And like you say, there, there is there's that difference in presentation from what you're getting in a lot of other places. And that's interesting about Jimmy Havoc. I look forward to I look forward to seeing that and mm. seeing how he's presented bit, and. Mm. They're big fans. Yeah, it's obvious.
1: And again, yeah, I recommend from me if uh, some th- a product that's now been uh, unblocked in the UK and uh, the majority of our listeners are in the UK, I would recommend that, uh, that people go and check that out.
0: Awesome. Sounds really good. Look forward to seeing a bit of that. And something else that I've—it um, <laughs> sounds a bit silly, this—but mm. something I've been trying to do is relying on a conversation that we'd had before about wanting to sort of watch classic All Japan. I've actually started to do that. Mm. Um, I've started my way through what is considered to be the five-star match pack. Nice. So I've started off. It's—it's it's like a lot of the tags. It, the production values are somewhat iffy, but my christ it's (laughs) like it's brutal it's absolutely brutal like no one thinks about in all japan but it has been fantastic i watched this um misawa jumbo saruta match that was like 1990 um the brilliant match involving um croffett and furnace Mm. going back to like kind of childhood days of them being in wwe and up against um and kikuchi (laughs) and then you get all of the kind of four pillars in various other matches against each other as well and it's something i've always wanted to do yeah it's a very slow burn project but i'm thinking yeah i'm gonna start by trying to maybe just get through like a match every two days if i can get round to it's it a good- but um and at the minute i work my way through three so mm. I've, I've i've enjoyed it so so far and then I've got to go through the entire history as well at some point
1: <laughs> so you're not busy enough with G1 yeah go back to the classic nope. stuff as well it's it's, it's kind of yeah. something, it's something I want to do myself because it's I think I've seen you know the big famous matches I've seen them mm-hmm. you know the 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 higher rated Dave Meltzer ones you know in a couple of years ago I was going through trying to watch all the four four and a half star plus matches so you get you know the, the famous stuff covered there but it's funny you say because i've been playing a lot of virtual pro wrestling too which is like the uh the, the game that's in the it's the same engine as no mercy and WWE versus nwo revenge and it's got all those classical mm. japan guys in it uh i started playing it after vader died because i wanted to play a game that's got a really good vader in it uh and i got really pulled into all the okay. king Cros- it's it the game was made and the roster's very much 98 99 era so you get a lot um of johnny ace and and it's, it's that kind of roster but it's it's okay. really in playing that i started you know putting those matches on again on a probably a similar playlist to you a youtube playlist watching back some yep. of the matches and as much as i enjoy that what, I, what i'd love to do is do something similar to what we're all getting to live through with new japan now is to be able to what just watch the full shows and, and see the you know the tags and see the the stories develop as they go it's yes it's trying to get that stuff um and get it you know it, 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 i know so you know you can there are tape traders out there that have it and obviously there's the, the streaming service as well but that's something mm. i'd really want to do but it's just so it's kind of scary to go into it. it's one thing to have the the guide for the the high star matches or have the the best matches ever you know packed that you've got mm. but to to kind of know where you're going and have some kind of coverage. I'd love for somebody to put something that together. Like, you know, this is the show you watch. Next, watch this. Now watch this and and kind of watch that story. The story of of the pillars of all Japan kind of uh, come together.
0: It would be it'd be such a mammoth task, and it'd be so intricately woven because mm. of the the nature of the King's Road style mm. and everything building upon the last match. So there's always, I mean, this is something actually that New Japan managed to to work in so well. But like you, it's yeah, it would be seeing like the rise of a Kobashi mm. would be would be incredible to um you know to see how how the four pillars become the four pillars. I was always as a kid. I really like Steve Williams and Terry Gordy, hmm. so I was looking forward to seeing some of those some of those tags. And also, I'm kind of slightly in disbelief that Johnny. I mean, from the little I've seen of Johnny Ace as Johnny Ace, that he could be involved in five <laughs> star matches. But I, it's because you of just see the put, do you? You see the guy
1: that got yeah. ripped apart by CM Punk on WWE TV. You see the guy who's on Total Bellas. You see the guy with the stupid uh, skateboard under his arm from WCW, and you kind yeah. of forget that. Yeah, yeah. This uh, this great run that he, I think he he, he he you know he strikes me the type of guy. If you caught him at like a signer or at the bar, he'd just tell you endless stories about his Japan run. That's that's the kind of guy that he seems to be.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it is by far and away that the massive high point of his career definitely
1: <laughs> brilliant well let, moving on then you mentioned uh, before that uh, i mean the main reason we're, we're doing this show a bit of a catch-up of, of what we've been watching i did want to get a chance to talk to you about itv world of sport and your yeah uh, subscribers to the Indie Corner feed will know that uh, we, we released a, an interview pack the other day with you and Joe, uh, talking to some of the stars. I really enjoyed your, your, your sit down mm. with Doug Williams, uh, I'm sure you really enjoyed sitting down with So Cal Val. Uh, we got oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we got some good, some really good uh, content there, and really uh, really good interviews. I mean, how was the the trip out? It's a shame Joe's not here to get, today to give his side, but I believe you got uh, what maybe not dined, but Wined by uh, by ITV and oh, yeah. uh, and
0: treated they to the, the media preview how, how was the whole experience well the whole experience was it was really it, i mean it was really good and it kind of got you well into watching the show um so we we arrived it was at um uh, what was it's it called the dugout part of these like belushi bar chains mm. and we went down and there was like sort of tvs with the the logo on and there were lots of the foam hands some of you might have seen the photo of me and so calva well, the foam hands um <laughs> and loads of popcorn and it was it was like there were so it was in this bar and it's just like a free bar and itv's tab which is i mean jesus christ you're thinking for some of the rubbish they've made me what well, i mean particularly for the andy townsend um tactics truck alone i thought <laughs> i was owed a couple of pints, um but and so it was it was a really like kind of nice and relaxed and there was uh, people sort of milling milling around and, and that's how we ended up. We ended up speaking to everyone afterwards, hmm. but it was like there was a sense of nerves because obviously none of them had actually seen the show up to that point. Other than I imagine the executives, Alex Shane and a couple of other people. Hmm. Um, so it was, it was kind of, you know, we were set out, we kind of knew what we were going to get. We thought we're not the target audience for this. Mm. And that kind of helped that kind of suspension of disbelief. In terms of the reaction in the room, there was some like some of the wrestlers were kind of like well in, well into it as well. I mean, particularly kind of Sha Samuels, as you can imagine, kind mm. of completely sort of loving it. There was a point where I think where Grado puts a, a hat on the kid's end and The kid looks absolutely pissed about <laughs> the whole thing and they were just cracking up laughing about that Mm. and they were all quite optimistic Mm. by the by by the end about what they what they had made and i mean we were thought it it kind of achieved what it had wanted to achieve there were things about it that we're going to talk about as well in terms of the aspects with the production values Mm. and the the editing and not having the character packages those the kind of what some of the more familiar criticisms of it are all absolutely valid Mm. um and it's interesting now like when we were there at the time speaking to joe who you could imagine would be someone who would like if he didn't like it he'll bloody well tell you he won't mince any words around it and he came out thinking this is this is fine for what it is. It's perhaps not aimed at us and there's things that we would we would do differently but it's it, it's fine now whether or not fine cuts it mm. in a very cutthroat media landscape in 2018 is a different issue yeah and that's and I think that's it's it's where it goes because it's really important this succeeds in a way as much as anything for the future of nxt uk because if it doesn't succeed then do they get bored of nxt uk and do we end up with lots of british wrestlers who are then suddenly going to end up you know with their with the cutout clauses and all the rest of it just being kind of slowly whittled away i mean there's so many big implications Mm. with the with world of sport that it it's going to dominate the landscape certainly for the next 10 weeks and i think dave Meltz has reported that it'll be around week three and seeing what the ratings are on that basis and seeing what the demographics are as well and how they're being targeted there's there's a lot of variables for it
1: i think it's kind of like we all want it to succeed don't we and i think yes i I was kind of imagining you guys being in that room because it is easy to get swept up and because we're You know, we quote unquote cover British wrestling, don't we? But at the same time, it's kind of. We want British wrestling to succeed and do well. Uh, And you kind of. You almost—I mean—we're gonna go through uh, probably some positives of kind of the ex- of you know watching the show, and there are negatives mm. as well. And you, you, there's almost a, a British wrestling attitude of don't point out any of the negatives because you know we, we're all we're all in it for the for the same goal. We all want British wrestling to do well, so you know, quiet down with those negatives. I think it was almost said in, in one of those interviews yeah. that you did. It's just kind of yeah. like. I mean, I've seen, the big thing for me is seeing you know, the reaction to the show and seeing people kind of, especially people in the business, you see people kind of going, oh, you know, it was, the are trying to, st- well, I'm going to be really harsh on this, I'm going to tell you what I didn't like, and then they'll go, well, the camera work was a bit bad but well done the boys and it's like i think there's there's more to to pass i think and it doesn't you know things don't improve Mm. without without critique do they and as much as you know there are positives and there are negatives if you don't point out both i don't think it means anything when you point out the positives and you mentioned there jp i mean one of your main takeaways there was you know the the fact that and it's something that i think andy quilden shared on his podcast as well the, the who are these mm. guys question because that was kind of my thing yeah. watching watching the, the debut episodes and there are i love the the osprey dbs junior match uh, i'm sure we'll get into that but a big thing was the fact that there was no talking heads there was no mm. they're going to sit you down this is who will osprey is he is someone who's been to japan he's someone who you know he's he's living his dream Or oh, you know the, the typical itv stuff that you would expect them to be good at the the explanation of you know in a bit more detail of you know who david boy smith jr is and why he's got a canadian flag on the back of his trunks despite the fact he's the british bulldog there's a story there about his dad and about him and what the fact that he didn't grow up in the uk there's a story there with pretty much all of the wrestlers and that's mm-hmm. kind of what i think they they, they, they did fail with and that's the main negative for me from 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 the from seeing the pilot, it's kind of ITV is a channel where their most popular shows are shows where it's either real people where you get their real sob stories as you know, as ridiculous as X Factor and the like can be, that stuff sells, mm. or it's celebrity based guff with you know celebrities doing things that you wouldn't expect them to do. And I kind of thought, yeah. especially, you know, even when the pilot came out last year, that that was the road that we were we were going to go down with this. And the wrestling fan in me is kind of glad that we didn't, but <laughs> I kind of think if you don't do those things and you don't tell, uh, you know, okay, maybe celebrities are, are, out, of the, are out of the question. Dave uh, Benson Phillips mm. is, is otherwise engaged with Riptide and they're... Uh, uh, there are health insurance and all kinds of problems with with why you can't do that kind of thing maybe but and also we don't want to go down the road of celebrity wrestling but the the simple mm. sit downs the simple who these guys are who they what their real story is what grado's real story is remember how the re, why do we all know who grado is we all know who grado is because of the icw series the fight club series on uh the bbc iplayer that's why mm. grado became a, a household name that's why everyone kind of I say household name, you know, but it's it, it Scotland, he pretty much is. And that was his start. And it was the story of him being a wrestling fan and the story of, you know, his mum being so supportive, who, you know, since then uh, sadly died last year. That whole real life Grado story is someone who you can relate to. But instead, on the pilot, we get Grado just walking out and just, you're, you have to assume that the people have seen the pilot. And you've just kind of got this podgy guy out there making jokes. With no context there, and it just leaves both smart fans and casual fans with reason to kind of have a bit of a laugh and a joker, like, who the hell is this guy? What is this this trash? And I just think that's really the, the biggest failing um, of that first tape, and I don't know if that's, uh, that kind of sums up how you feel or, or you've got any uh, comeback on that.
0: No, no. Th- there's a few. There's a few things on that because I actually think one of the issues of having gone to the Carson crew screening, and I thought about this afterwards when I watched it again. I made sure to watch, watch it with my kids. Mm. Um, and one of the things I think was the idea of them coming to the room of you're in the room where people are kind of cheering the people as they're walking out as well, like literally within the room because Adam Maxted walks out for the first match and Adam Maxted's there, so like you know there's there's sort of little rounds of applause and i think that's one of the things that had kind of passed me by for mm-hmm. the initial reaction that we'd had and then it was only afterwards it was like oh yeah of course and those little kind of putting a small box in the middle I mean I, I think for example play on the fact of like where they're from in Britain I don't know if there's any graphics for the names mm. even that came up I don't I don't well, do think
1: don't they, do with the NXT UK stuff they're big on having a big flag behind everyone aren't they for a reason yeah. they're trying to appeal to Welsh fans or Scottish fans again as as cheesy as we see it this is a show that's trying to uh, you know target a, a mainstream
0: broad audience so they're the kind mm. of broad
1: thing you probably have to do
0: i think so and it it bothered the things that i kind of that they could have done were things that could have really benefited the show yeah. but i think what's what's happened here is there's like and it's it's very obvious there's the kind of ngw holiday camp kind of Ethos almost behind this about entertaining the room who walk in who don't know anything about you. Now, that's JP, don't let Duke
1: Williams here, you say holiday camp there. That could uh, that could get you in trouble again.
0: Oh, sorry. I should do. I mean, he mentioned it himself actually on the interview. <laughs> he mentioned the kind of the, the butlin shows as well. Yeah, but I think it's it's a very different aesthetic where you're trying to impress that the thousand people in the room, and it works for the room, especially if you've got an audience like that was there that was full of families and kids who weren't smart fans who weren't going to know who, the, who who they were, and it may. Well well help to get them into it which Mm. looks better on tv but ultimately there's a television audience as well that you've got to you've got to kind of blockade and that's where the little video packages would have come in if you'd cut back on the amount of replays Mm. and sort of substituted it with some inserts of just the tab getting themselves over in sort of 10 15 seconds which is a kind of very old school technique of a thing to do then that would have worked i think it would have worked on the fact that you would have had You would have found out that wrestlers are from all over the country, Mm. whether it's Rampage from Yorkshire or Doug Williams from the home counties or or wherever. You would have been able to kind of exploit that as well. So I'm completely in agreement with you on that. Mm. Like, unless you saw that premiere or you are someone who watches, say, Scott Squad, um or saw the icw you would have really had no idea who grado is Uh, i mean a small package showing what happened to the pilot of him winning the title that would have helped Mm -hmm. um and i also think they they kind of sacrificed a lot of this for having four matches in there yeah when really like that one of them should have gone and maybe even build the title one and if you and of all the matches that they didn't in there have in there that they should have had in there especially when you're talking about trying to tie into the mainstream mm. was the viper kaylee ray b Priestley three-way mm. that would have been would work perfectly you would have tied it in with viper being on bbc1 relatively recently as well it would have told an audience that this just isn't you know it's not just going to be full of men that there are these these great women's wrestlers and that would have been the kind of unique hook and i mm. think they really missed the trick with that
1: it kind of made me i was looking at it, thing and i've heard you know people make that critique and i was mm.
0: looking at it going you know
1: what mm. after the fact i looked at it and went that might have been an idea uh, uh, the gimmick is that it's a women's wrestling tv show now i don't know how well that does on five o'clock on saturday yeah. night, it's exclusively women's wrestling but there's an appeal there and there's you know, again i can imagine the x-factor promos with all the all the girls you know trying to make their name in a in a male dominated mm-hmm. world um that that could have worked as as a bit of a hook um i mean i don't want to get uh, too bogged down in in the negative uh there are more negatives yeah. to talk about but i mean there, there was positive too i do think you know overall oh, i kind absolutely, of yeah i finished the show and thought that was better than the pilot that was I've got my issue yep. with some of the pacing and some of the not explaining the rules in the matches and going straight to DQs and turns on episode one uh, and some of the tropes mm. as well but you know the fact that we got to see uh, Will Osprey against uh, uh, David Boy Smith Jr., uh, Harry Smith in a in a match on TV that was watched by almost uh, a million people, and to get to see Will Osprey uh, hit all of his uh, well, not all of his stuff. He kind of took it a little bit easy, but hit some of his big moves. Mm. Uh, I kind of enjoyed. I was following along uh, Paddy McGuinness's Twitter account because he was tweeting about the show, and people in his replies uh, going off the reds. i how great this. There was a lot of complaints in there as well. We're talking about how much they enjoyed this Will Osprey. Guy, um that was the stuff that I really mm. enjoyed from the from the show.
0: Oh, absolutely! I think Osprey is by far and away the the kind of the high point. And it makes you wonder as well what in his match was taken out through editing, mm. and how much did we actually lose? Was there was this your typical Will Osprey match? Was it something that was heavily toned down for it or, or did he work a style that was heavily toned down? for world of sport or is it a case where itv and post-production have taken that stuff out which i can't imagine you do you'd want to show all the crazy stuff mm. if you're going to show anything um so yeah it, it was you know seeing will osprey at that time it made me think that that was the direction that perhaps to go with is mm. and we might see this next week with that ladder match mm. if there is some relatively insane stunts and i'm not sure who's in it other than i think gabriel Kidd and stevie boy are in it mm. so that's going to be intriguing to, to see if, do they, do they respo- can they respond to the criticism quickly of yeah. saying, okay, we need to slow down on, on some of these, on the camera angles and the edits, um, put in some captions in there, maybe just put in some, some boxes just explaining who the characters are, just the voiceover with some of the standard promo footage and maybe only have, I mean, you'd like to think no more than three matches certainly, whether or not you can even get away with two Mm. Two good long matches, but I mean that's me living in a dream world.
1: Yeah, it's probably too late, isn't it? It's probably it's in the can. Um, that's kind yeah. of a worry. I mean, you're obviously going to get you know improvements as the production staff get to know TV wrestling, and you know we might get some of the you know the silly the camera cuts and the the replays was a big mm. complaint a lot of people made, myself included, with the replays mm. of body slams and suplexes. That's the type of stuff that we can probably realest- realistically expect to improve but I, I think we're probably going to get a pretty much more in the same more of the same as, as the as the weeks go on um i think that's the problem with having it in a can isn't it and not having you know being able to react um to maybe the the feedback and to to how people have been taking it as well as the ratings
0: i think so although i would like to say that the work itself i thought was actually quite solid mm. across the board i mean there were a, a couple of Sort of very small issues, but for example, I thought Kip Sabian and Yestin Reese works oh well as a team.
1: Yeah, I like both of those wrestlers. Yestin Reese, as well, yeah. he's someone who it is, Yestin, isn't it? We're getting the pronunciation wrong, don't get, uh, get in trouble with the big man. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's definitely Yestin, okay? Yestin, okay, no, no yeast. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's someone who he, he's got the look, he's got the promo, and you look They look like they've got a lot of, uh, I don't know, there's charisma there and there's, there's chemistry there between there and him and Kip and They were definitely, I mean, a highlight of the show. I'd agree with you there. Uh,
0: they, they would do, yeah. And, and I thought it was too early. It'd be nice to have built up Martin Kirby and Joe Hendry to kind of build into something in a bit later on. But, you know, you've said it before that, that Joe Hendry is perfect for ITV tea mm. time. It mm. works perfectly with the song that he sings, with the kind of custom World of Sport lyrics as well. It it really worked, but like you, I thought it was too soon for the turn. I mean, you might have had Kirby getting a little bit annoyed and maybe build something within week two or three because that's still hammering home what's going to happen. But at least then there's the build to it. Mm. But but yeah, um, it, as a match as well, it was it was kind of fine. Rather like you know, the main event was what five minutes. Yeah, something like that. I It mean, speaks you know, to the, the complaint, doesn't it, about uh, trying yeah. to squash
1: so much stuff on one show and so many matches as opposed to maybe mm. angles, which might have made sense.
0: And they need to build up why people should care about Rampage. Now, mm. hopefully they've got Shah Samuels doing some promos. Mm. I mean, that's never one of, like, you know, uh, you know, Rampage, it has to be explained why he feels this way. Like, well, sorry, what, what is the point of the faction, and mm. why is he, you know, why does he want to be champion? Who he is, mm. and I like we liked him. I mean, seeing him in PCW, this felt like a kind of natural home for him, mm. as kind of heard him describe it like his particularly his heel work against the smaller smaller wrestlers. It's something that I think he he does excel in. Mm. So it's not a bad. I don't think it's a bad choice to put it on at the mm. moment, and then try and maybe greater, whether it's it? not. Yeah, it's better than Grado.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, did anybody else uh, stand out for you on the show? Uh, the Monster Crater was on the show. He's a he's a North West wrestler. Goes by side out here um, trying to is he bring up. a future up the, shock, is that right? Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a future shock guy. Um, he's someone who he does work in the mask sometimes, and I uh, think it's like it's been a recent development with him. Uh, they tried to put him in there to be the the giant haystacks of, of kind of the group, didn't mm. they? Uh, I did think that. Um, i mean adam max there is someone who i thought looked strong again it's mm-hmm. hard to look strong with with so many you know the the opening matches you know all of those dudes like a a big multi-man with no explanation of the rules and them all thrown in with nobody gets an entrance and it's hard to stand out but i did think he's someone who stood out he's someone who i would love to see get a bit more focus it's not this isn't going to be a work rate promotion is it so you can Mm. you can build it you can build around you know someone like him strengths and do something with him as well as the the fame that he's got
0: oh yeah absolutely and and you know he's only two years in for wrestling as, as uh, what he told us and mm. he is someone who has um obviously he's got the celebrity for him but i have to say and obviously he was in there with johnny storm when we saw him wrestling at wrestlerama in belfast he held his own mm. like he isn't someone who is he's not clueless within the ring mm. and he's gonna get better and wrestling is If anything, it's that, you know, that 10,000 hour rule of doing something for 10,000 hours in order to to become uh, a master at anything. Mm -hmm. I think wrestling in that case is really around 20,000 because there's so many things that you have to try and get together. Mm -hmm. But he has the look. I mean, really what? Needs to happen with him is is whether or not they need to get it on some very mainstream ITV programs, get him on the likes of Good Morning Britain or This Morning or wherever. That's kind of the next step pushing him. I thought Sizem was was actually fine. I'd heard about him. He wrestles primarily in the north as well, doesn't he? He's Mm. sort of very much like three CW. Um, things been up around there, but he's. I mean, obviously, again. It's not a work-rate promotion. He's got that hell of a look that's going to kind of connect. Um, but I don't know anything about him as a character. I don't know why about why he wears the cape. You know, right. that, like, yeah. it is it's, it's, it's still those things that are needed. Charles Samuels is very kind of being easy to understand the character, and it benefits from what he actually wears with the, um, the suspense over his chest and kind of coming out doing the East End geese and stuff. It kind of works. Mm. Um Like, so I think for overall, other than Davey Boy Smith, I just don't like ever watching in (laughs) anything and could care less, but I know why he's there. Yeah
1: it's It's an easy obvious
0: thing but But again a
1: story that wasn't really told why he was there i mean yeah you just you touched on something there jp and uh, i mean we'll close up on itv world of sport now but you mentioned Mm -hmm. kind of this isn't a show for the hardcore audience and that's something that's like a drum Mm -hmm. that that i've been beating and i'll constantly say and we've said on this podcast not all wrestling is necessarily designed for us we always use the Mm -hmm. bullet club example you know wildly popular but some of their shenanigans isn't the type of thing that I'd buy a ticket for. And this, yeah. again, is something where I'd say, okay, they're obviously not going to direct this di- at hardcore fans but I do wonder about, you know, what is the target audience of a 5pm Saturday wrestling uh, show? I mean, the the rating, yes. it came in at just below a million, we believe. Uh, the seven-day rating should be uh, available at the end of this week, but that's not necessarily the stuff that, that matters to advertisers. Mm. I wonder, I mean, are we going to see these rate, the ratings dip in, in week two? Did they do enough to bring people back? And yeah, kind of, this was... I understand going with the you know you met, talked about it as a holiday camp or a family show kind of style. Mm. That audience who go to those types of shows, there are definitely promotions that appeal to families that get returning audience. Uh, GPW is one that's local to me. Um, mm. Mega Slam Wrestling is a is a company that do big numbers up in the northwest. Um, mm-hmm. what, you know, the, a lot of those types of promotion. Think of like your classic All Star. Mm. it's it's very much scorched earth that they, they come into a town they sell a load of foam fingers and <laughs> mysterio match masks and then they'd move on and i always wondered. i mean that there were obviously areas of the country that they continuously run as well but the spot type shows that they run in places and, and do those big audience with families i always wondered you know are, are they going to come back uh, is 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 more than one going to be enough is a is a broad audience you know, and a very broad audience that they seem to be going for with the with the with the way that they presented this show. Is it going to mm. be a returning audience? Is it going to be an audience that comes back week after week and wants to to follow the, these stories along? You know, obviously, wrestling fans like us, we're creatures of habit. We're probably going to be coming back, but I don't know. Is there a maybe it's a bad argument, but is there an argument therefore, for maybe going more around the serious route and getting? I don't know. Presenting just a really good traditional wrestling product, and 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 hoping people would come back from there, or is the way they've done it gone very broad, very happy clappy with the baby faces, attempting to appeal to kids? Is that you know something that will work? I mean, you're 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 a father yourself. Is is that mm. the type of thing that is going to make your kids want to come back and uh, and watch some more uh, of this stuff? Are they going to be back next week watching uh, a product well. like this?
0: It's funny, you mentioned actually loads of really good points and you hit, actually hit on something that I've been really thinking about for the lo- for the last week or so, ever since I watched it with them is, first of all, one of their comments was this looks like a game show mm. in terms of how it's presented. Now obviously they're, you know not, m- most people's kids haven't been taken to the bloody cockpit or um, mm. Milton Keynes a couple of times and been and made to and York Hall and, and watched loads of various shows, but they kind of like if you think about the thing that I think about the thing that they really picked up on, it was the Osprey match because it looked interesting and it kind of looked viral. And it was obviously interesting in the commentary they mentioned about Will Osprey being the viral superstar. And it kind of then ties in with who is this aimed at? And I think ITV have possibly gone in there with a remit of thinking, this is wrestling. It's five o'clock. It's going to be for kids. Now I think that is a mindset that kind of has gone. I think it's gone out the window as well. And I think it misreads what kids want. We've spoken about this before. The impression I've always got is that kids want to watch something that they think is cool, that adults Mm. think is cool. Mm. And adults aren't going to think this is cool. And that kind of impression is something that is, is difficult to to turn around. Mm. How is this going to tap into the zeitgeist? Mm. I think a more serious product. And you think of what world of sport is. And I think about this in terms of this something i watched with my granddad. It's how I got into wrestling in the first place. Mm. It was serious. It was a serious sport. There wasn't this aiming it at kids. That's very much a WWE influence coming into the mix. It mm. was aimed at adults. It was presented in a serious way. Yes, there were some characters that were very over the top. Mm. And obviously I was going to say, daddy Big Daddy daddies, killed yeah. it all. Mm. You know, but lots of it that I remember was actually kind of very se- relatively serious mat work. When Fit Finley was there, he played his kind of the stereotypical Irish heel, but at the same time, it was based around him in the ring. Same thing with Rollerball Rocco. Mm. Um, and here, you kind of still need to have like good action that's going on in the ring Mm. and i think if you'd had some sort of like wild flying stuff wild aerial stuff to kind of put that first best foot forward Mm. then that would have been absolutely fantastic i don't know whether or not you put who else would you put will osprey in Mm. like an opening an opening match but that would have been the best opening match and then maybe lead to the women's match and then and then do it that way and it, and it may even be an essential that you explain what the basic rules of wrestling are
1: mm-hmm. at the yeah. very beginning you know? that will be like a start it? <laughs>
0: yeah because a lot of people are gonna be like well what's going on they do you know you make the referee look bad in the first match and then he ends up being called inept mm. by Stu bennett it's like oh that's don't do that don't fall into the the trap of this is what works for WWE. And that's my fear is that an ITV executive has said, this works for WWE. They have lots of kids going to visit their shows. Why don't we do this? Yeah. And we'll ju- we've already got the brand name. And if they're coming in with that, that's a surefire way to fail. And that's, because a- it needs to be different and it needs to connect. And it, and that's the thing is, is how different is this? I liked it for what it is. I found it an entertaining 38 minutes or so when it, when I was there, I even enjoyed watching the re I thought the replay was perfectly fine. Mm. In my heart of hearts, I don't think this is going to end up connecting with the zeitgeist. And almost a better way would be, I I don't know, to try and put on a more serious product, but maybe on a slightly more niche channel, whether it's an ITV2 or an ITV4.
1: I think you've summed it up there, really, yeah. I think, again, we're playing Armchair Booker here. Uh, We might eat some crow when, you know, week two ratings come in, and the, the broad audience are loving this. But, yeah, I think that's... The same kind of, as much as I would say I enjoyed it as a one-hour TV, I'm definitely going to be watching week two. I kind of look mm. at it and think, yeah, I mean, WWE is the obviously the most popular wrestling show on the planet. They don't do very good ratings over here, but that's partly because they're on at early hours in the morning on Sky Sports. They're still the biggest thing. You know, wrestling is WWE to a mainstream audience, and they don't go quite as broad as, as what World of Sport were trying to go um again it wasn't as broad as i felt the pilot was you know the the pull back on grado is was mm. definitely welcomed but again mm-hmm. going too cheesy and becoming too tv show about wrestling as much as that's a critic people have made about raw in the past i don't know uh even like i say wwe the the most popular company in the world have, have still got something of a serious edge even if you know you do get the some really really bad segments in between as well it's not quite i don't know the the broad uh, kind of family sh- overly family show stuff. That I'm not saying we 100 percent got in this first episode. I think they mm. they kind of walk the line pretty well, but there is a danger of I don't know stepping stepping over that line a little bit and um, just thinking that yeah that we have to be broad. So as you said, uh, we'll we'll go for this audience that that maybe you know they're automatically going to think anything that's not WWE is second rate, and you're going to make you know kids like your kids think this is a, a bit of an uncool product but I yeah we'll see yeah awesome so uh, let's get into some progress uh, jp let's do it um progress have had a couple of chapters since we last recorded a, a, a spotlight proper um mm. they're kind mm. of <laughs> they're in a bit of a transition period at the moment it feels it's it's funny i mean i think we progress we were, obviously last year, we did that podcast where we got a lot of grief for, for pointing out yeah. some of the, the, the kinks in the in the build to Wembley, um, our most listened to podcast of all as well, JP, that one. Uh, yeah. It certainly got some traction. <laughs> and part of kind of our complaint was, you know, the, the building to this big show, similar to what they're doing right now. Their their eyes off the ball with the storytelling, similar to what's happening right now. They're distracted by WWE. Mm. They're distracted by international tours, and I think our our biggest uh, detractors back then were the, the Progress Fans Board, uh, who were not in, the fans group on Facebook, who were not impressed with uh, with some of our our negativ- negativity negativity. Um, And it's funny because you flash forward a year and I noticed there's actually a thread on the on the fans group where they're pretty much saying all the same things we were saying last year. I don't know if there's been a a change in the the dynamic of the types of fans that are on that group. You've obviously got the likes of Callum Leslie and uh, regular listening to the podcast, John Browley's wife, uh, (laughs) doing the Progress Defence Force work. Um, I don't know. It feels like there's been a bit of a sea change, I think. I almost want to defend progress because there are definitely things that I like about what they're building for Wembley or were attempting to build to Wembley until external forces cause them some issues. Um, But yeah, overall, it does feel like there's a bit of a... A lot of negativity around progress, and they've obviously tried to turn things around with, uh, you know, a timer recording. They've uh, put Walter over. Walter's the new progress champion. Travis Banks' title run is no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to to turn things around, but are you feeling that the, the the negativity about because it does seem to be quite widespread at the moment.
0: It really does. I mean, I have to say as well in the build up to this show, I was like. ah, oh you know, am I watching this just because we do the podcast? We enjoy doing the podcast. I'm actually really looking forward to it. And there's been a feeling for a while with me that it it is, it is really, there's been an element of dragging, Mm. but also that everything is really transitional. And it is partly because a lot of the company is based around stars who ultimately are contracted to somewhere else. Mm. And what, they want out of them is not necessarily marrying up a deer, but that doesn't explain away the kind of storyline issues and, and the rest of it that's gone on. In terms of the, the negatives in the fan group, and I know sometimes I'm in mean, the fan group just becomes sort of a figure of fun. There's like twelve thousand people on there. Well wow. I'm not saying everyone is necessarily engaging with it all the time. There's about twelve there was about twelve thousand people I think at last camp. That's not an insubstantial audience. Mm. And there was the kind of argument coming up from people who not us, weren't engaged in it at all. And I have to admit, I've not been engaged with that fan group for a very long time because it wasn't really ever a forum to discuss wrestling. That's fundamentally it. Mm. And the responses to kind of what were seen as legitimate criticisms were never never good. It was always, there was always like this kind of nasty element of feedback to it. But I think people are, are genuinely asking the question. I mean, my fear is, does this is this following in a path From what happened to ICW, what I've seen of ICW, Mm. which struggles to get the kind of buzz back up, had their and you know had the build up to the to the big show, the Fear and Loathing show that they did a did at the Hydro, and uh, I remember watching that and and not being sort of amazingly impressed. There were elements of the presentation that were good, but the storylines felt like the same regurgitated storylines again. And, And sometimes here not saying the storylines are necessarily always regurgitated, but they don't, they're not really engaging in Mm. the way they kind of should be bar sort of Mark Andrews, Eddie Dennis, which is a complete back burner here. Mm. And there are aspects of the shows that I like, Mm. but yeah, I can like this negativity has been a long time coming and the criticisms have been legitimate and they haven't responded well to those criticisms, but I think comes a point when your audience is perhaps telling you something. You know, don't be fooled by the fact you can sell seven hundred tickets on a kind of whim. I think it's time to look at the amount of tickets that go up and twickets mm-hmm. as well that's also kind of perhaps gives you an idea of it. Yes, you're technically selling out, but you don't want to end up like Arsenal did where you <laughs> technically sell all the tickets but only 40,000 people turn up at best. <laughs> they usually go though, that's, don't do those you tickets. Know, <laughs> they, those do, tickets? They do usually go as well, but you kind of sense, has it, I don't want to use phrases like jump the shark or anything else like that, but is there is, is it hitting a point where it needs to evolve into something else? Mm. I mean, because where it is at the moment is a bit all over the
1: place.
0: Mm. I think that's something... And post-Wembley, <laughs> Christ knows. <laughs> Post this... Uh, I mean, they're, they're going on a US
1: tour, then there's Wembley, and then there's the specter of WWE UK. I mean, I think we are... Sorry, NXT UK. We are in, like, a, mm. a different progress, I think, if it feels like. It. I mean, it's not just... Yeah. You know, they, they've lost the music again. Uh, fair play to progress for for fighting to, to, to bring it back, and now, for some form of legal reason, they've lost it again... But there's an atmosphere around yeah, I the I feel
0: for them on that one. At least they were honest. Uh, they, at least they announced that, though.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and fair play to them for trying, because that was one of our big complaints last year, and they did. You know, it, it felt like it brought an atmosphere back to the progress shows, and it's not... I don't want to get to the point where we're saying it's doom and gloom, because there is still an audience, a big audience, that returns to mm-hmm. progress. I mean, you know, cards on the table. We talk progress on this podcast. The show usually does better listeners than any other shows that we do super strong style for Mm. example is a big thing on the on the indie calendar but to go back to you i mean your your point about you know do they need to be something else they do feel like they're almost uh nxt ukb there's so many there's so much crossover between the two rosters i think i appreciate the fact that I mean, in some ways, I don't like the Travis Banks as a heel in progress and a face in WWE UK. I don't like the fact that Flash Morgan mm-hmm. Webster's doing the same thing, um, while both get referenced on it on each other's TV. That's you know not an ideal situation, but at least it makes things different. But I don't know if we're in the we're in for a, an NXT UK style progress. Um, and again, it's the is is this the. The priority for, I mean, the, the three guys uh, working and running progress. It's no secret. They've got www.com email addresses now, JP. They're, they're doing a yeah. lot of, I mean, they're, they're not shy about, you know, saying on Twitter that they're the backstage at WWE UK shows, uh, NXT UK shows, and, and helping out there. Um, I almost think that because there's so much, as I just mentioned, that crossover between the two. Uh, the NXT UK are in between progress. They're trying to make progress different, and I do think a big part of trying to make that different was putting the belt on, on Walter on that last chapter. I think putting the belt on Walter, yeah. again, goes to your point about outsiders. Um, that that they're, That's kind of an interesting decision because that kind of goes against mm. what we're saying about it being a very much a another version of NXT UK. They're trying to maybe lean against that and have something a little bit different and have Walter as their champion rather than uh, than an AXT UK guy. Um, I don't know, does, does that... For me, that's, I think that's a positive. I think as much as there's a lot of negativity around progress, I do think that mm. worked. There was a bit of a, a buzz when it happened. Uh, I don't think people expected it on a Wednesday uh, on a midweek progress show. A midweek show because mm. of NXT UK tapings. Uh, people probably didn't expect that to come. And the reaction in the building was molten hot for Walter. Uh, oh, becoming absolutely. progress champion yeah. uh, We've complained about Travis Banks' run as progress champion. So... There's definitely positives there, isn't it? To, to put Walter, putting the belt on Walter and, and doing something, something different, and maybe giving it a slightly different identity, as uh, it does bleed into being quite similar to NXT UK.
0: I think so. I mean, he has uh, he has his his style that completely works for him, makes him stand out, particularly in European wrestling. Mm. Walter, and he offers that kind of different dynamic as a champion. I mean, for the love of God, don't do anything with him don't like uh, like don't in, in other words don't kind of change his character in any way or do anything else or be overly reactive to what to what some fans might think it's like no no you stick with Walter as it is and when he you inevitably know, gets beaten for it it's a big deal because he's been so protected mm. hasn't he yeah every company he goes to he's so absolutely protected um, the only issue I have with it is for me, it it feels like ultimately he's going to end up being transitional and passing it on to Tyler Bate. Mm. That's my only issue, and that's probably me me reading too much, or trying to not enjoy it for what it is at that particular moment. And I like the pop, and I enjoyed the match, even even if it was, God, it was really screwy. Mm. Um, it, it it's and it's just that I feel that it's going to end up going back to Tyler Bate, and that kind of ties it back in with the loop of being very much part of NXT UK. Mm. And then at that point, what is this? Is this a B title? Is this something else? Is it going to be like, well, you're the progress champion. You get to now challenge for the um, NXT UK belt. You know, this. Yeah, it, it's how it all fits in. Yeah. Does progress need to exist in kind of a separate universe away from NXT UK, which is kind of impossible. The only way they could do that is if they start to put in a very different roster. And ultimately, that might be a kind of slightly beneficial way to go is to a lot of the NXT UK contracted stars it's going to sound really bizarre saying it, but maybe put some of them somewhat on the back burner if they're not going to be able to rely on them for certain dates because I think that's also been one of the things that's really really hurt them mm. is people, you know the in terms of Zach and Osprey as we've spoken about before. Mm.
1: That's the opposite, so, isn't it? That's think, kind of like if you go yeah. down that route and you don't use the, I mean, I don't think it's possible to be honest for progress to do that. I don't um, think it is. You'd end up with a lot of freedom's road level talent on their shows. But if they did try and go down that yeah. route, I think, yeah, the point you're, you're kind of getting at there is. Is that you get instances like Will Ospreay getting pulled by New Japan or Zach Saber getting pulled by New Japan? Yep. So that's kind of what made me scratch my head about Walter winning the title. I mean, I love the match. I, I, I'm definitely higher on it than you were. I thought it was great. I thought mm. it was. I'm sick of the Travis Batson. I enjoyed title.
0: it, but it was screwy. That was that was my thing. Yeah, no, no, that's all. Also, I can't
1: argue with that. I think it, I think yeah. You mentioned the Tyler Bates uh, interference, you know, which is linking back to the Tyler Bates uh, Travis Banks match on the previous chapter in Birmingham and, and the screwy finish to that. Yeah, I get yeah. Um, but as a match, and as far as it being built, and as far as. You know the the accumulation of this Travis Banks story, which I haven't liked at all, um, and mm. you know having him lose the belt. I think the fact that they, they had him do his one count kick out right before he got beat, I enjoyed that. I thought that was good stuff. I think yes, he need Travis Banks is a wrestler who I've loved and whose output in the ring I do love, but personally i was quite happy to see him get booted in the face get dropped on his head and pinned by walter so maybe that says something that they've built some kind of heat with uh, with travis bank's character and me that made me maybe feel a little bit higher on the match as a whole um so there is that there too but yeah i think maybe it's just the fact that it's the the cool thing right now to uh, to put your, your belt on walter because he's certainly going around collecting them
0: i think so and walter means something in terms of european wrestling and it's a it's an interesting state of wembley that in terms of what could be the top two matches are going to end up being mm. effectively wxw talent against nxt uk talent i think i mean i think it's it, it's so signaled for tyler Bate to be involved mm. in the the championship match against whoever it is i expect him to do the three is it the three shows while they're away in the u.s they're the they're the shows that are that, is there three shows they're doing in the US or is it four? No, there's more than that.
1: Me. But they're doing the anyway. three and N uh, oh, more three and N series, yeah. which is something we actually should get into in a, in a moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, but the, the the kind of juggling a, a lot of things at the moment, aren't they? That's that's the other thing. Um, I mean, just just a question before we, we talk talk other things of progress. Uh, what do you make of? Uh, I mean, Travis Banks' his championship run is now over in progress. Uh, it it started, you know, <laughs> we went hot on the start of it. Kind of linking back to what we said at the start mm. about the the, Wem, uh, the build last year with sorry, not Wembley, Ali Pally uh, last year. Um, it kind of started well with him being defending babyface champion, and it for me it disintegrated. Although again, yeah, I do think some of that, uh, as much as I hated the comedy stuff, it paid off in in him getting beaten by a, a really strong babyface in Walter. I mean, how do you think? Uh, travis banks as a progress champion is going to be remembered
0: uh i think ultimately it's going to end up being remembered particularly in terms of the comedy work of it he did the best out of a what was a very bad situation and a situation that was kind of needlessly created mm. because when that started off that that run what was it he beat riddle I don't know. It was before the riddle. The riddle match was kind of where things started to turn. But was he beat Keith Lee? Mm. It was about beating people he'd lost in the way in the build up to um, him taking on Pete Dunne. And you thought this was going to be a work rate champion who just you who had great matches in and was just really difficult to beat. Mm. And I think some of the way he was he was booked and and in the match layout. Are things that with the benefit of hindsight they should have gone back and changed i also think they were just too overly reactive they never let the travis banks character sort of react to saying do you know what ultimately if you don't like me i'm not that bothered but not kind of betray his character in the way that he did and turn kind of full blown heel Mm. that was the thing that yeah after that i like you i thought oh God, that was it. And I thought they were going to put the belt on Walter at um, the last Super Strong Style, the mm-hmm. day two main event. And then they did that 10 count, you know, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and that for me, that was the point where I kind of turned on it because I just went, I, I dislike that finish so much. I, I really do.
1: Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were expecting a DQ in this match. Uh, It's kind of like the next... Mm. uh, I almost feel like they abandoned that story and just went, you know what, we need to get this belt off Trav Uh, Mm. (laughs) and put it on Walter. I don't know uh, whether there's anything more to that. But yeah, uh, it's just... I think with, with Travis, yeah, and with you, I just think he it just i think it was the booking that done him in it was the it was a three-way feud with chris brooks and and tk cooper that we kind of documented on this show as being a feud with two men who probably should have been heels who were being presented as baby faces who were just a bit cooler and a bit more charismatic than travis i think that's kind of what cost him as well as you know you mentioned there uh, uh a positive of, of travis bank's run was that he was defending champion and he was having work rate matches i think that turned mm. some of the fa- the crowd against him as well just i know it became a meme the one one can't kick out but i just always remember that riddle match where the fans really turned um yeah. i think there was maybe a little bit too much superman travis banks as well as you know and being hamstrung yeah by the
0: that's what i meant about the match layout there was mm. things like that 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 should have been him hanging on by a by a thread but you know, you could have had a a a, a really good, you know, it, the idea you have to beat Travis Banks on his wrestling, mm. and it's he it's like a story that sh- kind of should tell itself, mm. and the fact that he's got this kind of big heart because he's not the biggest guy in the world, and then you could have him losing to a Walter, and then kind of coming, how does he get back to the to the top again? Those are the kind of things that that kind of I think you get a much more deeper emotional connection on that mm. than you do by having people turn heel in a way when. You kind of see them around, you know. He's not a heelish type of person, <laughs> um, so and he's and not I presented as one on WWE TV either. Exactly, and the way he was presented on WWE TV was kind of perfect for mm. it. That that's really the Travis Banks that I, you know, that I like, that I'm a fan of.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, uh, again, I, I kind of. There's part of me that likes that he's presented differently. It makes the product different, but it does. It kind mm-hmm. of it drives home that point, doesn't it, of what the, the ideal Travis Banks kind of presentation is and, and what we ended up getting. Um, so I suppose that, that gives us... The question is, I mean, going forward, Travis Banks is obviously he's injured at the moment. He's been pulled from NXT UK tapings. I believe the injury mm-hmm. happened to Fight Club Pro. Um, so he's kind of... If he's going to make his way back into the title contention, then I think the three way route, something like that, at Wembley has going to make sense. Because you know, just looking at the list of names of the people who are in this this three in one uh, idea of you know trying to get these these three wins in a row, Eddie Dennis, Jimmy Havoc, TK Cooper, Mark Andrews, Ricky Shane Page, and Austin Theory are listed as well. These are not people I kind of see headline in Wembley. Tyler Bate for me seems the only choice, but again, I don't see a straight one-on-one between Tyler and Walter Walter being the plan. I don't know what you think.
0: I I think the same thing. I don't think it will be a straight one-on-one. I think what might end up happening is is that Travis Banks costs Tyler Bate a uh, 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 at some point one of the three it ends possibly, mm. and and that might be the way he works in way he works into the match, but. I, don't really know because the injury does complicate it Mm. um that he's is he gonna would they fly him out there for the sake of a show as a surprise running and then flying back i mean that's those kind of things come into the mix but that seems to be what they're aiming for because clearly travis is still one of the top stars that they have within the company he's one of the most uh, certainly one of the um one of the few headliners that they really have because you've mentioned the other the other wrestlers who are involved and it's like I mean maybe as an avant garde project to have Ricky Shane Prage <laughs> in a main event at Wembley. Brody King maybe I'd kind of appreciate it on a weird trolling level but um well I, mean, I suppose outside we, of that
1: I mean we've complained on this show haven't we about Matt Riddle's uh lack of use in progress. He's he's Travis's yes. replacement. I don't know if he's gonna have enough matches on this tour to to be able to, to get himself three wins in a row, um, but he's an he's an option as well. I suppose if the as we talked about at the top of the show is, is yeah. a WWE signee progress. Don't have to worry about that. They could they could go
0: that route as well. You'd think they sh- could be able to get away with it because if they put him into a in you know, in the main event whether or not it's it's part of like a four way. I mean, if it was part of a four way, you could end up protecting him. Mm. So it's not like he has to lose anything about that. And it's probably a good look to have him wrestling on in front Wembley Arena. Mm. I mean that's the kind of stuff in terms of the promos and, and whatnot. So yeah, it it would be a it would be good to have him back in. He's been sorely missed. He added such quality mm. to to progress in terms of the matches and in terms of his present Stuff we said at the start of the show that if there was a way of getting him onto the card, then yeah, that's def and that that would be a sell. Definitely,
1: yeah. I mean, what do you make of uh, elsewhere? You know, heading into Wembley and you know some of the mm. other fallout from from the last chapter. Maybe it matters. I mean. They're obviously building an uh, Atlas Division uh, match. They've got Doug Williams. Uh, thank God TK Cooper is not Atlas Division champion, uh, we should talk. Yeah. They're going towards him and Trent, which is interesting. Um, and they're obviously also building uh, Pete Dunn and uh, Ilya Dragunov. Uh, what do you make of, the, of where they're going with those two uh, big matches?
0: i like what they're doing i like i mean i think for me trent seven was the kind of logical choice to have against doug williams in there in terms of the fact that the match itself and it's, it's part of the storyline doug williams is is obviously he's he is getting on in years it sounds really harsh to say That's true. but and, but it's true, and it kind of works into the idea of him, you know, deserving this big match in the spotlight. The thing, you know, Trent Seven came out and, and sort of cut the the promo as well and had that nice kind of bit at the end where he said, it's not going to be like this passing of the torch, but kind of to do something to almost royal dug up. Mm. Um, and I think Trent is the right kind of wrestler to be able to get the kind of emotional reaction you want from this match and then also to kind of give what will be Doug Williams, the, the, the kind of send off he deserves. Mm. So I was happy with that. I think that's a, that's a good match to have on the first half of, of the Wembley card. Um, in terms of the, um, the other matches on there, obviously we didn't have, um, Ilya Dragunov on there, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Mm. Pete Dunne, Ilya Dragunov. I wish I, I want to see that WXW match against Volta mm. that, that was on mm. recently as well. Do you think for that? But, I mean, mm. link into that. I mean, do you
1: think Progress have done enough with Ilya to let the fans know who he is? They're presenting him as kind That's, of the presenting yeah. it as a dream match, aren't they? Presenting it as the biggest match in European wrestling. Do people necessarily know who Ilya Dragunov is? Has he been properly established to the Progress universe? I don't know. I, I don't want to nope. use the, the, the buzzwords, but has it been? You know, set up in the right way. WXW, as you mentioned, have done a little mm. bit of build for it with that Pete Dunne Walter match that was on Shotgun this week. That's getting uh, high praise. A match that I'm definitely looking forward to watching. They've done a little bit of build for it, and you know, Progress have done those great segments, um, those great in ring segments with Christian, Michael, Jacoby, and mm. Pete Dunne. But I don't know if they, have they done a, that's kind of gone a little bit quiet. Have they done enough to to make it clear why this is allegedly the biggest match in, in European wrestling?
0: It's worked for the live audience, and it kind of works for the audience of hardcore fans who are aware of who Ilya Dragunov is, mm. and will be after bowler as well, because I imagine he'll he'll do really well at bowler as well. But it made me think, why didn't they use some of the the footage of him coming out to the kind of surprise pop when we were at sixteen carat, mm. just to sort of even just sort of say, you may not know who, who he, um, Ilya Dragunov is hit who he is. So here's how he looks. Use the interviews that he did for shotgun that were fantastic Mm. and sort of give an idea of, of his character, his intensities. maybe see if there's a possibility of putting the WXW match up on, um, up on the the Progress on Demand, the the one he had against Walter when he won 16 carries, at least kind of like build him up and in a way kind of building him up saying, "Look, this is a guy who's beaten Walter, this is a guy who's a WXW champion who has this kind of really unique charisma. Those are things that would be kind of relatively easy to do Mm. and I'm pretty sure, you know, CMJ would be more than up for it. I can't see any reason why he wouldn't be Mm. and that would be the kind of stuff that they that they should be doing, and they haven't got much time to do it. I mean, really you're talking about chapter seventy-five has um, been the only chapter within the UK where they'll be able to to get him over. They could do more. I mean, I think it will obviously work brilliant when it happens. Mm. But yeah, they could do more.
1: Yeah, I think when they're they're in, like you say, uh, they're going to be uh, in Germany. So there is going to be the opportunity, isn't there, to do some stuff on that side? But yeah, I think i'm interested in that match i'd just like the to be a little bit more um for them to do a little mm. bit more with it and a little bit more build um i mean just before we we move on from talking progress uh anything else you want to talk uh, to do with the company to do with that last chapter um anything anything else standing out
0: um i really i did enjoy in terms of the matches on the show i did enjoy the four-way mm. um the with with pete dunn winning I mean he kind of felt like it was an interesting dynamic with the four because they were all and he was even brought up on commentary how all four aren't kind of really involved with each other mm. in in many ways so you did kind of have the interesting dynamic and I, I enjoyed the match and then it but it had to have interference in it because it, you know with um, 198 coming in who in their opening match I, I like them I like Wild Boar mm. whenever I've seen Wild Boar live I've kind of enjoyed him he, he kind of has that I kind of think of as as almost like he's like a slightly smaller Dave Mastiff, <laughs> but he does some, some like quite energetic and kind of dangerous stuff, particularly when he did the, the, when he died into the chairs on top of Haskins and, mm. and, and, and whatnot. But I thought they looked good. I think he, he kind of looks, I like the idea of him as being a kind of almost enforcer character for, for flash. Mm. I think that helps. I kind of like the early signs of, of, what flash's heel character could be like as well but again it's very jarring because in nxt uk he's not presented like that at all i just don't understand and that's yeah and that's that that's really fundamentally the issue with it yeah. um yeah. i have to say with the the women's matches i weren't i wasn't particularly interested but you were going to say about flash sorry
1: yeah i just think with, with him it's just it's the same issue that there is with haskins it's uh, if you follow this story as a as a as a thread line, if you follow it like if this was any other if this was a regular t v show, the character development of Flash Morgan Webster makes no sense whatsoever, and the same for for mark haskins I mean mm-hmm. just to take haskins, he's someone who was he turned heel we think, and then he was part of this heel trio, and now somehow because. He was in this heel trio trying to get Flash Morgan Webster to go evil, who was not wanting to go evil. It turned out Flash Morgan Webster was the most evil because he was a heel who turned on a heel. And now Hask the Haskins family, you know, including Ricky Haskins, who does a fantastic job with a barbed wire baseball bat and very heelish mannerisms, a kind of now the baby faces and, and Flash Morgan Webster and this uh, wow. one nine eight one nine eight team are the <laughs> are the heels. Yeah. It just <laughs> it just doesn't sit right for me and it just I don't know. it, it that combines with the convoluted Thunderbastard tag series stuff which I find it really hard, you know. You mentioned the, the their their match with, with yeah. Davis and Fletcher. I find it hard to get into it because I really don't care about the outcome. I don't really care about who places where in the in the Thunderbastard tag series. But the fact that there's again another example of some of the weird progress booking right now. The fact that they they pulled Mark Haskins out of the team and now Wild Boar takes his points going forward with the Thunderbastard series if this was a a tv show and wasn't wrestling i don't think we'd forgive these these weird kind of plot holes and and leaps of of logic that the uh, the progress is delivering us at the moment
0: that's uh, uh, yeah i'm with you entirely on that it, it's you really wouldn't forgive it would you mm. i mean if it was happening on tv but at the same time i think it, it's kind of part of the issue they've had around the kind of general instability around the roster mm and where they are and what they're doing and what they're doing for other promotions as well. I think all of those things haven't helped and it hasn't allowed for kind of clear, coherent storytelling that can go on for quite a while. Cause if you think of it, the one story that they have done that with is kind of been enforced on them because of injury mm. that they've been able to get to that point. But because of that, they can't have the, the kind of, you know, the serious, you know having the characters behave in a way Mm. that they should behave or you would expect them to behave Mm. and i think that's that for me is a big part of the problem is they're not that they have they that's why i say about going back and sort of stripping it back to basics that sometimes that might be the way then they're going to need to go with with some of some of the storylines here Mm. and i (sighs) Which then, you know, sorry to be boring about it, it leads on to kind of where it is post-Wembley, mm. where they build a, what is the layout, what layer of the land going to be at that, at that point in time. But you mentioned about the Thunderbusters tag series, I mean <laughs> I enjoyed the Los Federales Santos Jr pro, doing the Zach Gibson at the start, that was good fun. But as a match it was never in doubt.
1: But why is he a babyface? I don't could <laughs> yeah. it, it the anti-fun police, yeah. I found that really jarring um, that they're I mean, partly it's a fan thing because he's so entertaining and you needed somebody to be a babyface in that tag match. But again, that's Mm. just another thing. that That's a bit of quality control. uh, That's just a bit all over the place, their presentation. They surely should be solid heels, whereas they've almost become comedy babyfaces in progress. It's just all a bit. Again, quality control—I think—is the word, and it does feel like eyes are off the ball a little bit. I mean, you were going to mention before, and you know, the women's division—that's a yeah, that's a good example as well. I mean, what do you make of? Kind of the setup there. They've got one main story, which is Ginny. Um, <laughs> fair play, you know. Two women's matches on on, on the last chapter. You don't often yep. get that on British wrestling shows, but Millie Mackenzie and Ginny was very much about that that outnumbering story with the House of couture and mm. and Millie being the a bit of a daft baby face only bringing uh, bringing one person to help us uh, help her. Obviously, that paid off a bit later on in the show in in having you know Laura D'Amato and Tony Storm after their match, kind of join up you can see where they're going but i don't know is that grabbing you as the uh as the indie corner women's wrestling correspondent jp Uh,
0: it isn't and it isn't because i dislike any of them necessarily but it's just we've built up is there a survivor series match coming up i'd be be curious to know if that's the case are we getting we're getting ginny versus tony again Mm. it's like we're always going back to that I actually thought at Wembley, what they were going to do is build to Tony versus Millie mm. and, and kind of passing the torch effectively on, on to Millie. Uh, that, for me, would be a much more interesting storyline. I think you would have the crown investment. Mm. It, it's, it's not that I'm against the idea of the House of Couture. I mean, I think it's found a, a good role for Shakara to, kind of, to kind of get into. I don't know why Nina Samuels was wearing heels mm. as well. Like, it just wasn't the pla- Like, running to the ring and the rest of it seemed, like, insane to do it. Like, she'd break her le- neck on the way down if she isn't careful. <laughs> but it, for me, you mentioned about, like, it's clear to see where they're going, but there isn't any other direction outside of Tony versus Tony versus Ginny with these four taking on the House of Couture. It makes me fear that uh, what we're going to get again at Wembley, sorry to be bringing it up again, is that we're going to end up with to, um, a sort of multi person match or just Tony versus Ginny, neither of which for me are good solutions. Mm.
1: And it's it's what that right solution is, is it? It's just it is. It, for me, it feels like I think you're onto something there. I think it's probably the direction they're going. But I could, yeah, I could equally see, you know, as you say, a, a four versus four Survivor Series type match just to get the women on the show. Mm. Uh, I could see that being the direction. <laughs> Which is they're what going it would feel well. like.
0: Mm. It, it would feel like we're getting them on. There'll be an eight match card, mm. and there'll be one match with with the women in, mm. and there'll be eight women in the match, and it's like. Yeah, you can technically say that there's 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 eight of the women who are are on the card, but it's like yeah, they're all compressed into a Mm -hmm. twelve minute long match. I mean, how the hell would that work? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm I'm fantasy booking again, (laughs) but it's hard to see what is the clear like. You know, the one-on-one direction has been done to death. Yeah, like he really. I have to say, Tony versus Ginny is not something I'm into. I've seen it a number of times. You know, like, please, it needs to move on to something else. Definitely.
1: No, I think we'll we'll all agree. So, yeah, I think that's kind of a a good place to to leave the the progress talk. I think it's just we're in very much a period a transition, aren't we? I think that's just kind of sums up progress right now and we're also in that weird big gap before the big show at the end of the rainbow and you know there are are booking issues there that are also as i say i will forgive them the fact that they've obviously had problems with you know wrestlers osprey and Sabre jr having to drop out and losing some of the big stories that i personally was really hyped on i wonder you know, how they're gonna pay off Will Ospreay and Jimmy Havoc now. I assume it'll be a ballroom mm. show somewhere along the line. And I'm hyped for that. There's there's definitely positives mm-hmm. there as well. But yeah, it's just a, a strange time. But hey, at least uh progress unlike the the rest of the indies in the country haven't got to worry about do pulling their uh, guys off their shows because they happen to be a week before tapings. at least they got small yeah. mercies there, JP. They've got that going for them
0: yeah they have and that makes me i'm i'd say that when i heard that story i'm not particularly happy about that i mean again it
1: <laughs> this it, is uh it, south side isn't it south side having yeah. a, the other big main event wasn't it, it was el legero and, uh, and joseph connors uh, as as one side of the the match uh, something they've really been building up in two weeks before they've been told they can't because they're the week before nxt uk tapings and probably because of you know Travis Banks getting injured on an indie show. Uh, WWE are now saying WWE said they weren't going to be uh, getting there were going to be no restrictions on the on the UK indie scene. I think that was the the William Real quote last yeah. year. Uh, Obvious bollocks, wasn't it? Yeah, promotions are now fine. and I'll find them. Actually, there are restrictions, not just you know if you're a Rev Pro or if you're a company trying to do it wwe versus itv match also now if you're the week before an nxt uk show and nxt tapings and we've got uh, a few of them coming up
0: so what happens hypothetically if you're pulled from certain cards that Mm. aren't going to be running and then wwe decide to take on that that um cut off point where they can cut off your contract and then you've been out of the loop in certain promotions, possibly then for a couple of months, and it's hard to work the way back in. We saw it with Zach Gibson when he went to ITV and then trying to get his way back into progress. Mm. Now obviously that's been entirely smoothed over. But that's a real issue. Mm. And it's not like they're being paid an absolute fortune either um by WWE. They're not giving them six figure contracts, are they? I mean mm. this is still only around twenty four thousand a year. They are going to need to still go to other places. There's a finite amount of shows and companies that run within the UK, and a lot of them have VOD as well. Is that going to be a complicating factor? Mm. It, it it's it's their kind of all-encompassing desire to control the entire industry, and it, they can't help themselves. It's instinctive. Yeah. It's there. It's the scorpion on the back of the frog. That, <laughs> that, you know. That's what it is. It's like it's in our nature to do this. If yeah. We have a chance to kind of take everyone and control everything. We will.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's just that's just WWE all over, isn't it? That's kind of <laughs> that's what we were worried about last year, and that's what's happened. I think the, there's obviously, yeah. you know, that as much as we'll say, okay, yeah, that you know, El and joseph connors are missing out on a booking and hey you might say that uh, some of the fans there might be happy that they're not getting to see joseph connors anymore i would be yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah i'm John sure
0: i love the gero
1: i'm sure that though deal will, will make it up to those wrestlers and you know they'll i don't think they're going to be suffering too badly monetarily it's just like you say the mm-hmm. the impact on the rest of the scene that, that 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 we kind of watch out for and what we worry about just a little bit as well as you know I can, I can hear people, you know, we all defend WWE screaming into the speakers. Yeah, we get it. There's many positives to WWE being over here. The ITV happening is one big positive um, mm. because of this competition now. And there's a there's jobs for wrestlers and there's more money and there's all that kind of positive mm. stuff. But it's these little niggling things that happen to, to local indies that, that cause them issues and... Kind of put a bit of a, a glass ceiling, don't they, on the scene a little bit um, when you've got yeah. WWE fingerprints uh, all over um, a
0: region. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's not a good thing because they have a singular vision of how they think wrestling should be presented, mm. and they may slightly veer with the development and stuff into doing more wrestling mm. than what is on the main roster, but ultimately it's the same kind of vision mm. and that's something that I think that they're going to bring across and independent wrestling for me should kind of be a bit of everything. It should be able to have shows which have no interest for me, but other people want to go to and have that kind of variety and variance. And it's better for the wrestlers to be able to go out and work these crowds as well. Definitely. They're going to become better, better for performers. They're going to become more um, desired by the, by the kind of independent fans. And therefore as a result, it's going to turn more eyes onto your product. The injury thing that's kind of a byproduct of wrestling. No, I mean, like uh, as that is the possibility mm. of if they're being booked to wrestle on a show. So either you're going to kind of try and prevent all of those, all those kind of bookings, the week out, it's not going to like, imagine what will happen if then somebody gets, gets an injury and they're out for two weeks and they miss it. Mm. Eventually they'll start saying to them, we don't want you working these Indies. They're not our Indies.
1: Mm. Yeah, uh, but also, I mean play devil's advocate, if you're a WWE, yep. you want to protect your investment, don't you? If these are mm. okay, the money's not amazing, but if these Absolutely. are your contracted guys, then yeah, you can understand it from that point of view as well, can't you? That I'm surprised to be honest, I'm surprised they as I think is the wrong word, but you know, as giving <laughs> as they are with allowing the guys to, to work work in more places than i imagined anyway i mean RevPro being being yeah. on the ban list and, and defiant wrestling being on the ban list are the two mm. famous ones but the, the fact that they even allow their contract wrestlers wrestlers to work elsewhere it probably says they know that they they need the extra reps and the extra work because you know these tapings aren't that that often mm. um so there is a that's kind of understandable i think it is you know understandable that they they'd want to protect their investment but it does, you know, it affects the smaller companies. It affects the little guys, but I suppose WWE always say, yeah, but you get to put NXT UK on your poster. Uh, and that, uh, that, uh, oh. probably makes some, some of the more shindy promotions very happy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it probably does. <laughs> so
1: yeah, that, uh, pretty much, uh, on that positive note, JP, that kind of brings us to the, to the <laughs> end of the show. Um, we, obviously me and yourself were both going to Summer Sizzler aren't we we're going to get to see yep. uh, Tomohiro Ishii uh, have a match with Walter Fight Club Pro got Daisuke Sekimoto uh, coming over soon that's a big show to look forward to I'll be even, going to that I'm even going to Defiant I'm looking forward to Will Osprey and Walter to have a match a lot of Walter involved there a lot of big lads uh, lots to be yeah. too positive while coming, uh, coming forward in the scene I mean on the IndieCorner.com uh, you'll notice as well as this uh, on your podcast feed there's going to be uh, a release from andy ogden of graps and claps who's also previewing while we're going to be off at summer sizzler he's going to be previewing the big future shock uh, anniversary show and the big pcw anniversary show they're both happening on the same day unfortunately which isn't great uh, so if we were looking oh. for plans on the the saturday morning after summer sizzler we'd have to make the choice as well but yeah he's put put together an awesome um, audio plug of of what to expect to those two shows and to to give a, a little bit of love to the northwest wrestling scene uh what else if we got, got on the IndyCorner.com at the moment JP what else is uh, is happening up there
0: well at the moment what we've had is the yeoman's work that Luke Hickey's been putting in covering every night of the G1 as soon as it happens um, definitely give him a read give him a follow uh, I mean he's been absolutely kind of sterling it's been helpful for us when we've been doing the G1 shows to be able to refer back refer back to think, things that have happened on, on there as well um, we've had uh, um, a Really good review from um, Fight Club Pro by Lev Miskin as well. We've had Brian the Brain do recently uh, another podcast on on PWG. Is it Three Mendes? I think it was. That's right. Yeah. Um, but also I think for all of the people who listen, if you're looking and seeing what indie shows are coming up at the bottom, we uh, at the bottom of the feed, what we have is lots of the sort of posters from upcoming events that are going to be coming up. Um, so if you get a chance to get some see some wrestling this summer, you know go and go and do it i mean there's lots of it around um i mean that's one of the things that we always fundamentally want is a strong british wrestling scene that is watched by tons of people and it becomes british wrestling becomes enormous again like tying it all back in with itv and like, like it was in the days of world of sports so if you can get a chance um have a look go over to the have a look at um have a look at some of those have a look at some of the the older articles we have on there as well and some of the other shows up on the soundcloud feed
1: awesome yeah and while you're at it uh, follow me on twitter at benson richard e follow jp at jp jippy three e's uh and also Yay. follow joe at lemsip four p's i've got that right this time jp Nah, that's right. There we go, 4Ps. Good stuff. And also, uh, we planned, we're doing our our G1 recaps on the IndieCorder.com. We did Mm. say on the last recap that we'd be back Sunday uh, with our Week 3 review. We had a little look at the calendar, and there's this weird random B-block day, isn't there, JP, that's on Wednesday kind of isolated on its own. And then there's there's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is the two last block days and the final. Mm. So what we've decided to do is we'll encompass that Wednesday show in our week three review so that review will now come out Wednesday night what that means it frees us up to preview the final three days the big three days that we're all waiting for and also to yep. review those three days in isolation in our quote-unquote week four review that'll come the Sunday after uh, so keep an eye out for that uh, we'll be back on that show and that's pretty mm-hmm. much and that's pretty much uh, it for us today uh, we'll catch you again then um, check out theindiecorner.com as JP said and we'll chat with you again soon Bye. Into a whole Goodbye. era, Chief Funk. Step to this idea, Funk. On a whole new level, the rhythm is the base of the music.
0: Chords,
1: strings, we bring melody, Chief Funk. rhythm is life and life.